Section 8 of Old Granny Fox by Thornton W. Burgess. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Jude Summers. Section 8. Farmer Brown's Boy Forgets to Close the Gate, A Midnight Visit, and A Dinner for Two. Chapter 23. Farmer Brown's Boy Forgets to Close the Gate. How easy tis to just forget, until at last it is too late. The most methodical of folks sometimes forget to shut the gate. Farmer Brown's boy is not usually the forgetful kind. He is pretty good about not forgetting. But Farmer Brown's boy isn't perfect by any means. He does forget sometimes, and he is careless sometimes. He would be a funny kind of boy otherwise. But take it day in and day out, he is pretty thoughtful and careful. The care of the hens is one of Farmer Brown's boy's duties. It is one of those duties which most of the time is a pleasure. He likes the biddies, and he likes to take care of them. Every morning, one of the first things he does is to feed them and open the hen house so that they can run in the hen yard if they want to. Every night, he goes out just before dark, collects the eggs, and locks the hen house so that no harm can come to the biddies while they are asleep on their roosts. After the big snowstorm, he had shoveled a place in the henyard where the hens could come out and exercise and get a sunbath when they wanted to. And in the very warmest part of the clay, they would do this. Always in the daytime, he took the greatest care to see that the henyard gate was fastened, for no one knew better than he how bold Granny and Reddy Fox can be when they are very hungry and in winter they are very apt to be very hungry most of the time. So he didn't intend to give them a chance to slip into that henyard while the biddies were out, or to give the biddies a chance to stray outside where they might be still more easily caught. But at night he sometimes left that gate open, as Granny Fox had found out. You see, he thought it didn't matter, because the hens were locked in their warm house, and so were safe anyway. It was just at dusk of the afternoon of the day when Granny and Reddy Fox had talked over a plan to get one of those fat hens, that Farmer Brown's boy collected the eggs and saw to it that the biddies had gone to roost for the night. He had just started to close the little sliding door across the hole, through which the hens went in and out in the daytime, when Bowser the Hound began to make a great racket, as if terribly excited about something. Farmer Brown's boy gave the little sliding door a hasty push, picked up his basket of eggs, locked the hen house door, and hurried out through the gate without stopping to close it. You see, he was in a hurry to find out what Bowser was making such a fuss about. Bowser was yelping and whining and tugging at his chain, and it was plain to see that he was terribly eager to be set free. "'What is it, Bowser, old boy? Did you see something?' asked Farmer Brown's boy, as he patted Bowser on the head. "'I can't let you go, you know, because you probably would go off hunting all night and come home in the morning all tired out and with sore feet. Whatever it was, I guess you've scared it out of a year's growth, old fellow, so we'll let it go at that.' Bowser still tugged at his chain and whined, but after a little while he quieted down. 
His master looked around behind the barn to see if he could see what had so stirred up Bowser, but nothing was to be seen, and he returned, patted Bowser once more, and went into the house, never once giving that open hen-yard gate another thought. Half an hour later, old Granny Fox joined Reddy Fox, who was waiting on the doorstep of their home. "'It's all right, Reddy. That gate is open,' said she. "'How did you do it, Granny?' asked Reddy eagerly. "'Easily enough,' replied Granny. "'I let Bowser get a glimpse of me, just as his master was locking up the hen-gate. Bowser made a great fuss, and of course Farmer Brown's boy hurried out to see what it was all about. He was in too much of a hurry to close that gate, and afterwards he forgot all about it, or else he thought it didn't matter. Of course, I didn't let him get so much as a glimpse of me.' "'Of course,' said Reddy. Chapter 24 A Midnight Visit By those who win, tis well agreed, he'll try and try who would succeed. It seemed to Reddy Fox as if time never had dragged so slowly as it did this particular night, while he and Granny Fox waited until Granny thought it was safe to visit Farmer Brown's hen house and see if by any chance there was a way of getting into it. Reddy tried not to hope too much. Granny had found a way to get the gate to the henyard left open, but this would do them no good unless there was some way of getting into the house, and this he very much doubted. But if there was a way, he wanted to know it, and he was impatient to start. But Granny was in no hurry. Not that she wasn't as hungry for a fat hen as was Reddy, but she was too wise and clever and altogether too sly to run any risks. "'There is nothing gained by being in too much of a hurry, Reddy,' said she, "'and often a great deal is lost in that way. "'A fat hen will taste just as good a little later as it would now, "'and it will be foolish to go up to Farmer Brown's "'until we are sure that everybody up there is asleep. "'But to ease your mind, I'll tell you what we will do. "'We'll go where we can see Farmer Brown's house "'and watch until the last light winks out.' So they trotted to a point where they could see Farmer Brown's house, and there they sat down to watch. It seemed to Reddy that those lights never would wink out. But at last they did. "'Come on, Granny!' he cried, jumping to his feet. "'Not yet, Reddy, not yet,' replied Granny. "'We've got to give folks time to get sound asleep. If we should get into that hen house, those hens might make a racket.' And if anything like that is going to happen, we want to make sure that Farmer Brown and Farmer Brown's boy are asleep. This was sound advice, and Reddy knew it. So, with a groan, he once more threw himself down on the snow to wait. At last, Granny arose, stretched, and looked up at the twinkling stars. Come on, said she, and led the way. Up back of the barn and around it they stole, like two shadows, and quite as noiselessly as shadows. They heard Bowser the Hound sighing in his sleep in his snug little house, and grinned at each other. Silently they stole over to the henyard. The gate was open, just as Granny had told Reddy it would be, 
Across the henyard they trotted swiftly, straight to where, more than once in the daytime, they had seen the hens come out of the house through a little hole. It was closed. Reddy had expected it would be. Still, he was dreadfully disappointed. He gave it merely a glance. I knew it wouldn't be any use, said he, with half a whine. But Granny paid no attention to him. She went close to the hole and pushed gently against the little door that closed it. It didn't move. Then she noticed that at one edge there was a tiny crack. She tried to push her nose through, but the crack was too narrow. Then she tried a paw. A claw caught on the edge of the door, and it moved ever so little. Then Granny knew that the little door wasn't fastened. Granny stretched herself flat on the ground and went to work, first with one paw, then with the other. By and by she caught her claws in it just right again, and it moved a wee bit more. No, most certainly that door wasn't fastened, and that crack was a little wider. "'What are you wasting your time there for?' demanded Reddy crossly. "'We'd better be off hunting if we would have anything to eat this night.' Granny said nothing, but kept on working. She had discovered that this was a sliding door. Presently the crack was wide enough for her to get her nose in. Then she pushed and twisted her head this way and that. The little door slid back, and when Reddy turned to speak to her again, for he had had his back to her, she was nowhere to be seen. Reddy just gaped and gaped foolishly. There was no Granny Fox, but there was a black hole where she had been working, and from it came the most delicious smell, the smell of fat hens. It seemed to Reddy that his stomach fairly flopped over with longing. He rubbed his eyes to make sure that he was awake. Then, in a twinkling, he was inside that hole himself. "'Shh! Be still!' whispered old Granny Fox. Chapter 25 A Dinner for Two Dark deeds are done in the still of night. Who shall say if they're wrong or right? It depends on how you look at things. Of course, Granny and Reddy Fox had no business to be in Farmer Brown's henhouse in the middle of the night, or at any other time for that matter. That is, they had no business to be there, as Farmer Brown would look at the matter. He would have called them two red thieves. Perhaps that is just what they were. But looking at the matter as they did, I am not so sure about it. To Granny and Reddy Fox, those hens were simply big, rather stupid birds, splendid eating if they could be caught, and bound to be eaten by somebody. The fact that they were in Farmer Brown's hen house didn't make them his any more than the fact that Mrs. Grouse was in a part of the green forest owned by Farmer Brown made her his. You see, among the little meadow and forest people, there is no such thing as property rights, excepting in the matter of storehouses, and because these hens were alive, it didn't occur to Granny and Reddy that the henhouse was a sort of storehouse. It would have made no difference if it had. Among the little people, it is considered quite right to help yourself from one another's storehouse, if you are smart enough to find it and really need the food. 
Besides, Reddy and Granny knew that Farmer Brown and his boy would eat some of those hens themselves, and they didn't begin to need them as Reddy and Granny did. So, as they looked at the matter, there was nothing wrong with being in that hen house in the middle of the night. They were there simply because they needed food very, very much, and food was there. They stared up at the roosts where the biddies were huddled together, fast asleep. They were too high up to be reached from the floor, even when Reddy and Granny stood on their hind legs and stretched as far as they could. We've got to wake them up and scare them so that some of the silly things will fly down where we can catch them, said Reddy, licking his lips hungrily. That won't do at all, snapped Granny. They would make a great racket and waken Bowser the Hound, and he would waken his master. And that is just what we mustn't do if we hope to ever get in here again. I thought you had more sense, Reddy. Reddy looked a little shamefaced. Well, if we don't do that, how are we going to get them? We can't fly, he grumbled. You stay right where you are, snapped Granny, and take care that you don't make a sound. Then... Granny jumped lightly to a little shelf that ran along in front of the nesting boxes. From this she could reach the lower roost on which four fat hens were asleep. Very gently she pushed her head in between two of these and crowded them apart. Sleepily they protested and moved along a little. Granny continued to crowd them. At last one of them stretched out her head to see who was crowding so. Like a flash, Granny seized that head, and Biddy never knew what had wakened her, nor did she have a chance to waken the others. Dropping the hen at Reddy's feet, Granny crowded another until she did the same thing, and just the same thing happened once more. Then Granny jumped lightly down, picked up one of the hens by the neck, slung the body over her shoulder, and told Reddy to do the same with the other, and start for home. "'Aren't you going to get any more while we have the chance?' grumbled Reddy. "'Enough is enough,' retorted Granny. "'We've got a dinner for two, and so far no one is any the wiser. "'Perhaps these two won't be missed, and we'll have a chance to get some more another night. "'Now, come on!' This was plain common sense, and Reddy knew it. So, without another word, he followed old Granny Fox out by the way they had entered and then home to the best dinner he had had for a long time. End of Section 8